Hello Gen X, Happy New Year and welcome back to the water cooler. It is good to see you. I hope you're enjoying your wind down of the holiday season. I hope you've been able to enjoy some time with your family, with your friends and and to take a little breather just before we get back to our normal routine. A couple things to touch on uh, before we turn the page on 2020. Um, the omnibus COVID check, uh, a little bit of back and forth last night, or last night, last last week, as we uh, rounded out from Christmas and headed into New Year's. Uh, it was interesting, you know, Trump would, uh, he talked big, um, wanting to push back and veto the $600 checks. And um, he, he made some good points and he, he wanted to uh, get rid of some of the unnecessary spendings, and particularly some the money going to foreign countries. You know, it was often highlighted the spending for gender studies in, I believe it was Pakistan. Um, and and the, you know, the, the point was made fairly well that if Pakistan is able to build and fund uh, nukes, they are more than able to fund their own gender study programs, which is a very good point. But that's the kind of thing that we do with these omnibus spending bills. You know, we we throw out money, right? We make it rain. Uh, and Trump would talk big, and and he was threatening to veto that, and he wanted to get rid of that, all that wasteful spending to foreign countries, and wanted to up the stimulus checks to us here to from six hundred to two thousand. And he talked big, and. Then I believe he caved, and I, I, I think and, and McConnell was going to block it, maybe, uh, and I, I, I think it may have gone through. I, I think I even saw that some people were getting their checks is on January first, but I'm, I'm I'm not sure where that where that thing lies. But I, I think the, the, my biggest takeaway from that is it highlights the problem that we have with huge unnecessary government spending particularly something like this where there's so much nonsense going to foreign countries and then we get in this weird tug of war about you know us here at home and how much we're we're going to you know quote unquote get which again it's this is something that's just it's our money all government spending is money that comes from tax revenue from us as as individuals from corporations from small businesses and this notion that they're going to give out $600 to everybody or $2,000 to everybody, it's just our own money. It's money we haven't made yet. It's money we haven't spent and, and paid in taxes yet. And it's just kind of a weird, weird thing that we're in this point where we're, this is what we're talking about. We're not talking about opening up the economy, which is really what we should be doing. The fact that we have things shut down is absurd. It defies science, and that's where we are. And it's and it's you know destroying lives, destroying businesses. It's it's strangling the economy, and we're wrangling about checks. Just open the freaking country up. And I get there's a pandemic. I get there's concern about spreading viruses. I mean we're in the middle of winter, in the middle of cold and flu season, and this thing is especially now that we have treatments for it, it's even a little bit less than the, deadly than the seasonal flu. The flu. Let's just get get back to it. But uh, that this is where we are with our, our government. And there's a lot of, a lot of hand-wringing, a lot of saber-rattling, 
man, I, I, I think we're going to get these checks. Uh, it's, it's, it's strange whether or not they're, they're needed. They're going to be given. And off we go. Uh, and again, I think it, it highlights the problem that we have with government spending. And we, as the American taxpayer, we as American voters, need to do a significantly better job as holding these fools accountable. And the fact that we have politicians who make this a career is unacceptable. The fact that we let them buy votes like this is unacceptable. We need to kick these fools to the curbs. But there are a few Democrat dissenters, I think, you know, two or three. There were some Republican dissenters, uh, you know, a couple dozen or so. And hats off to all of those guys, um, particularly my girl Tulsi Gabbard on the Democrat side. The, the fact that they're able to stand up and not grandstand and, and pound their chest to say, look what I did for you, look what I gave to you, American voter, as though it's some kind of gift. Um, the fact that they had some level of integrity um, is is to be commended, and I, I think we should stop and, and and thank them that they were able, that they were willing to to fight for us, um, and and not uh, not just you know, flush more money after bad, good money after bad. But again, I think we should just open up the economy. If you really want to stimulate the economy, if you really want to get things going again, take off all of these. Re- ridiculous uh, restrictions, particularly on restaurants and bars. You know, the, the, the science is out there showing that very, very little uh, of, of this virus is going around from, from bars and restaurants, but they are the ones that we target first. Same, same thing with schools. You know, the teachers' unions have been blocking, opening up schools in any meaningful way, and we need to open things up. Um, but, uh, you know, the, I, I think, you know, the, one of the big reasons why Trump succeeded in the first place was because, uh, he fought, you know, government regulation, you know, in the, particularly in the big you know, front part of his presidency, he rolled back all of the ridiculous regulations that the Obama administration had put out there and was strangling economic growth. And he, one of the first things he did is he just wiped that stuff clean. And the, unsurprisingly, the economy took off. And we need to get back to that again. But we'll see where it goes from here as we flip the calendars and as people start taking this vaccine. We'll see where that goes. As far as the vaccine goes, there was that uh, story out there this past week regarding my boy Anthony Fauci. How this guy still has credibility is completely beyond me. The guy's a, a complete fool. He's a nut. He has been wrong every step of the way, but he's out there with credibility for reasons that I do not understand. The latest thing this past week was that he had admitted, or I think it was on a CNN interview, regarding this notion of herd immunity and what percentage of the population needs to receive the vaccine in order to achieve herd immunity. And he has repeatedly changed his estimate on how what percentage of of the populace needs to receive this vaccine from like 60 to 65 or up to like 90, 95. And 
he admitted that he he would change his answer so that and, until we are able to deal with what he really thought the level of arrogance and hubris that's in that notion is just shocking the fact that that fool is still employed as i just don't understand and it's further is an example of his dishonesty i mean you know you can go back to when early on he was a big proponent about everyone not wearing masks and the reason being is because he was at the time worried that health professionals would not have the ppe that they needed because there'd be a big rush from everyone to go buy these and he said don't wear a mask masks don't do anything in fact if you're healthy masks make it work make it worse only wear a mask if you are sick or if you're around someone who's sick. Well, now we've come you know, full circle on that. Now everyone has to wear a mask unless you're Dr. Fauci and you are attending a baseball game. But outside of that, everyone needs to wear a mask. I mean, he he has you know, continually moved the goalposts on things that he says. How we are to believe anything that he says, I don't know. I, he doesn't have any credibility in my book. In fact, I think he's a complete fool, just like Dr. Burks. I think she's a fool too. But for whatever reason, Fauci seems to be this you know, lionized um, because he, at least at one point, was seen to counter President Trump. But uh, I, I don't get it. The guy's a fool. He's a nut. And more than anything, he's wrong. He's wrong all the time. Even if he's, if if it's because his arrogance and he's not telling us what he really thinks. I don't know. But here we are. Also, for with the pandemic-related, one thing that I have definitely seen enough of, and I don't need to see again, are videos of nurses dancing. I just don't need to see it. It's not cute. It's not funny. It's not cool. I just I, I don't get what this is trying to convey. What message is this trying to? trying to put out their support for medical workers, for nurses and doctors and, and whomever. I don't know. But the fact that on one hand we hear that these these health professionals are struggling and they're they're overwhelmed and they're doing all that they can. And then we see these videos of these elaborate dance numbers and you know they're in their scrubs and their masks and their being all cool and joyful and dancing or whatever is how which is it are you free enough to where you can coordinate that crap or are you so stressed out that you need our support i don't get it um, but you can't have it both ways you just can't and you know, i'm at the point where i am completely done with the lionizing and putting up on a pedestal of professions I think that crap needs to stop. Um, it, 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 the fact that we label professions as heroes needs to stop. It, it it's silly. I mean, I get it. You know, after nine eleven, with what the you know firefighters and police did, I mean, they were heroic that that day, certainly. But it what followed that, and what we've now seen to you know first responders or frontline workers, whatever, whatever, how they want to. I want to you know phrase it now uh whether it's police fire paramedics nurses doctors 
you know, grocery store workers, whatever it is, whatever, however we're defining frontline workers. I'm done with calling, just blanketly calling these people heroes. I'm just done with it. I, especially when you're going to flaunt out and with these silly, stupid videos, um, dancing and, and, you know, where, you know, cha-cha slide or whatever, you know, Pharrell song you're doing. It's just dumb. It's stupid. And it makes me just think you're a piece of crap. I just, I, I, it does nothing for me. Um, there are people who work in those professions who are heroic and they deserve to be commended, but to just blanketly define everybody in, in those professions as heroes, I'm done with it. I'm just done. I'm done. Uh, you're not heroes just because you exist. You're not heroes just because you work in a certain field. You're heroic by what you do day in and day out. And if you are heroes, you don't seek for that adulation. You don't seek for the attaboys. You don't look for people to pat you on the back. You do it because that's what you do. And those people deserve to be commended. I mean, we're we're coming out of a summer where um, part of those uh, heroes were were demeaned and degraded. Now, particularly talking about police officers, you know. And on one sense, we we call them heroes, and in the other sense, we say defund them. We say they're all racist. They're all you know they're brutalizing all of us or certain you know sectors of our society. I mean, you can't have it both ways. You, you can't call them heroes and then demand to defund them. You know, it has. There's you just can't have it both ways. You know, absolutely, there are cops who are bad or who do bad things, but not all of them. But when you call them all heroes, then you you kind of make them all great. You know, and they're just, you know, they're not the ones that are great deserve our respect. But I'm done with just blanketly calling everybody heroes. Yeah, I'm just done with it. I'm I'm tired of it. And those and those videos, at least for me, have the exact opposite effect than what is wanted. So that's my soapbox as far as nurses and, and those stupid videos are concerned. Now with getting back to uh, the new year. You know, one of the, the things that I always remind myself or that, that comes back to mind when um, it's the new year is the, you know, the, the song from U2, the old school, um, New Year's Day. And one of my you know, favorite things, I always have to listen to it on New Year's Day um, because I love the chorus when he says, nothing changes on New Year's Day. And, you know, it's, it's this, it's weird how we put this over significance on, you know, starting new and starting fresh as though the change in the, in the calendar is going to make a difference. And if that's what you are banking on, you're probably going to be disappointed. And I, I, every January 1st, I always, I always remember that. And, you know, I think back actually to when I was in Japan and, and one of the cool things I had to experience there was on, on New Year's Day, you know, we went with some friends, we, we climbed this mountain and we watched the first sunrise of the new year. And I remember thinking how cool that was, that being in Japan, you know, being in the Far East and, and watching that that first sunrise over the new year, particularly in, in Japan, being in you know the land of the rising sun. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was a really cool thing to experience. And I remember riding back after doing that and thinking how cool it was. But it was also, it, normally it could have just been any other day. But the fact that you know, we arbitrarily as humans have defined that as, as a new year. 
um, it, it held some some kind of significance. And and while it, while it it was fun to experience that, yeah, it, it it did dawn on me that why would anything change? I mean, it's not it, it's a cool sunset, but it does that every day. Um, you know, it's like my mom would always say when when something bad happens, hey, sun will still rise in the morning. You know, but for some reason we we think we we can ha- start with a clean slate just because it's January first. And I remember from that moment thinking, you know, if there's something I want to change, I can just do it anytime. I can do it on February second. I can do it on March fifth. It it doesn't matter. So um, if if we look to create these um, elaborate and ambitious resolutions. And if we're focusing on doing it simply January 1st, in all likelihood, we're going to fail. Um, and if I don't, I would think, well, most New Year's resolutions fail. But it, it, it reminds me of this, uh, this letter from, written by Mark Twain, which I thought was, was pretty spot on, which kind of conveyed this exact uh, sentiment. Uh, this is from Mark Twain. He wrote this January 1st of 1863. He said, Now is the accepted time to make your regular annual good resolutions. Next week, you can begin paving hell with them as usual. Yesterday, usually smoked his la- everybody smoked his last cigar, took his last drink, and swore his last oath. Today, we are a pious and exemplary community. Thirty days from now, we shall have cast our reformation to the winds and gone to cutting our ancient shortcomings considerably shorter than ever. We shall also reflect pleasantly upon how we did the same thing, same old thing last year about this time. However, go in, community. New Year's is a harmless annual institution of no particular use to anybody, save as a scapegoat for promiscuous drunks and friendly calls and humbug resolutions, and we wish you to enjoy it with a looseness suited to the greatness of the occasion. <laughs> that is just spot on. I absolutely love it. And, you know, first things first, I think we uh, horribly underutilize the term humbug. That needs to make a comeback. If 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 I had uh, if I had my way, but it, it, he just he just says it. You know, spot on. You know, we we come in on January first, pious, and thinking we're going to do all these great things. And thirty days from now, we're just back to where we always always were. So with that, you know, I would encourage you if you if you are making resolutions, that's great, but just stick with them. You know, and and if it works, start in two weeks, start in you know a month, start in a month and four days, whatever it is. But if if you want to do something, whether it's you know eating better or exercising or stopping drinking, stop smoking or what whatever it is that that uh, you want to do, um, start at any time, but just start it and keep at it. You don't have to wait for a new year, a new month, or a new week, or anything. You you can start at any time. And uh, if if you're relying on the magic of a new year to happen or to drive it, it's just not not going to work. Um, you can do that any time. And I would encourage you, you know, to do that because you know most. Uh, how many times have you seen uh, around this time of year? You see advertisements for gyms and exercise equipment. You know, all, the, all these companies are capitalizing on on this good sentiment and goodwill that something's going to change, and it doesn't. You know, gym memberships go unused. Uh, exercise equipment gathers dust, and and the, but the money's spent either way. 
Um, but I would encourage you, you know, to, if, if you're going to do it now, do it for real. Otherwise, you can, you can change, make a change any time throughout the year. You know, don't wait for some magic of January 1st to change it. Because as Bono says, nothing changes on New Year's Day. So with that, uh, Gen X, enjoy your New Year's. Enjoy the, your holidays as, as they wind down. And, and next week we get back to our, our normal work and school routines. Um, and, but I do hope that you enjoyed this time. And I look forward to uh, another, a new year and, and with more things to talk about and, and more time that we can spend together. So with that, I say stay cool, Gen X.